Welcome to C-Suite Radio. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Ugh. Sadness is in the house! Oh no! Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of the Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of The Brett Allen Show, a pop culture video cast and podcast. And over the last couple of days, the hits just keep on coming uh, with the show. We've had some amazing people, and today will certainly not disappoint. Will not disappoint. I'm so excited, I can't even talk. Um, we are talking with legendary comedian Guy Torrey about Fat Tuesdays, uh, delving into the history of an all-black comedy night at the Comedy Store, uh, in the 90s in L.A. Such a great show, such a great documentary. Guy, thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yes, well, this is a phenomenal show, a phenomenal uh, documentary series. We had Finesse Mitchell on yesterday, and we talked about this. And uh, I am just absolutely fascinated by this because this is a lot of cultural history about comedy that I was really unaware of, which is probably no surprise uh, but uh, and it's unfortunate, really, because this is just so good. If you can let our listeners and viewers in on your perspective on this and sort of the genesis of how this all came about. Well, Fat Tuesdays was a comedy night that I created in 1995 to help showcase black comedians. Uh, L.A. was very divided at the time uh, after the Rodney King riots. There was so much going on in the 90s and divided the country and divided L.A., the O.J. trial, the Michael Jackson trial and then the Rodney King verdict. And there was a black comedy club in South Central Los Angeles where Hollywood would come and scout talent. And once the riots happened, uh, people were scared to go to black neighborhoods in LA to see black you know, comedians perform. So I, I, I wanted to, uh, I had a solution and I take the hood to Hollywood. I went to the, the world famous comedy store on Sunset Boulevard where industry flocked to, to scout talent. And there's where I, um, I started Fat Tuesdays and this documentary tells that story. And I didn't realize I had it, had a story until I started researching because a comedian, Michael Blackson said, hey man, I miss Fat Tuesdays. These young comics need to know about it. And I started digging through my archives and I had something. And I started interviewing comedians and they started 
saying how much it meant to them and what happened to their careers after Fat Tuesdays. And I was like, okay, we got to do this. Yeah, I mean, it's so good. And you have so many amazing people. And I have questions about this because Finesse said something interesting. I'll go ahead and ask this question first. He said initially when you kind of pitched the idea that the interest, well, the interest that you have now, the people that are on there and when you started was a lot smaller because not a lot of people were super, I don't know if they were interested or excited about it. I'm very curious, like what was your, uh, how did you convince other black comics who were all of these people are just icons, including yourself to say, Hey, let's, let's do this documentary because I feel this is really, uh, you know, an important message to tell. Well, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, in Hollywood, you know, we're pitched so much stuff. Everybody has an idea. Everybody has a script. Everybody has a documentary. <laughs> yeah. So you hear so much of that, that you kind of tune it out until you know it's real, real. Right. And so years ago when I was pitching, when I was uh, putting the sizzle together, the presentation to go out and pitch it, you know, I had nobody attached. I didn't have a studio attached. I didn't have a director attached. I didn't really have a big name attached. It was just like, hey, I want to shoot this sizzle to go shop this idea. So at that point, yeah, a lot of people were like, some people were committed and like, yeah, I got you. Like Cedric the Entertainer and Regina King and, and Tommy Davidson came through like shining stars. Like, okay, I'll help you. Every time I called on them and Lunell, every time I called on them, they came. So they didn't really worry about uh, who I had attached. They were doing it on the strength of our relationship and our friendship. Even Kevin Hart and, and Cat Williams also did an interview for the presentation. And then once I got the presentation done and I started calling people and, you know, it was some interest like, okay, well, just call me when you're ready. You know, it wasn't like, yeah, yeah, you know, call me when you're ready. And then, of course, having, you know, Kelsey Grammer's name attached to it, then it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, this is this is real. You're, you're serious about this. And then having Amazon as the studio, Amazon Prime is like, oh, you serious, serious. And then you attach a director like Reggie Hudlin. It's like, oh, you ain't bullshit with this. You really <laughs> serious about this. And so the, it went up and up. I mean, yeah, they'll come do it for Guy. But let's be honest. You get a name like Kelsey Grammer, Amazon Prime, and Reggie Hudlin. And, and, and the rest is history. Game over. Of course they're doubted. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. I knew what I was doing. I knew, I knew my worth, but I knew uh, it would be worth more by having those other icons attached to it. I totally get it. I mean, as a podcast host, it helps to have very recognizable names to get up to get other talent. I mean, you know, it it is what it is. You know, it's social proofing. It's whatever. Right, yeah. I mean, three or four years ago, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. But after <laughs> a lot of hard work and hustle and just putting in the time, that's the key, because I think and fully believe, you know, good things come to those who wait. If I had reached out to Danielle, you know, your publicist, you know, three years ago, hey, can we get uh, finesse and can we get, uh, you know, guy? Uh, well, maybe, but let's think about this. You mentioned Tommy Davidson. He's been on the show twice. I love Tommy. He is one of the best people on love the planet. Um, one of the most salt of the earth, real people. Uh, and Lunell as smart, well. Very smart. Lunell is great. Uh, and uh, I had a very good conversation with her. She made me kind of nervous, I'll be <laughs> honest, but she was very kind. Um, this is interesting because you started something that became a huge success in the 90s. I know the 80s, there was a massive comedy boom. 
Uh, and that was when right. everybody was coming out to L.A. because Carson was there and everybody that was kind of the way to get into television and holding deals and stuff like that. So you come to Missy Shore in the 90s. I'm assuming that's who you had this conversation with and you said, I want to start this all black comedy night. And Finesse had mentioned that it started in the belly room, which seats maybe 70 people tops. And then all of a sudden now you're packing out the main room. Was that an interesting conversation to have with her? Because I've, I've never ever met her, talked to her, but I've heard a lot of different stories about Mitzi. Um, was it an easy convince or how did that, if you don't mind sharing, if you're comfortable sort of, you know, kind of a synopsis of how you kind of even got her to be like, okay, you know, this is all yours. Yeah, well, just, let's take it back a little bit too. Like that, yeah, the, the 80s boom of comedy was spectacular because the disco era yeah. had kind of dipped. So some of those old discotheques became comedy nights now, you know, or comedy clubs with this, and still had the, 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 the mirrored ball <laughs> in the middle of the room doing a comedy show, which is crazy. And then, you know, but it still was kind of mostly white. And and the Chipman circuit was still very prevalent yeah. back then, you know, the, the black circuit, but for music, comedy, anything uh, black. And then when the 90s hit, Def Comedy Jam was the thing that really brought black comedy, urban comedy into white homes yeah. and, and also black homes as well on HBO. So that kind of was the tipping point of as far as like the entrance, the pioneer that made it more palatable. Like, oh, wait a minute, this successful show on HBO is getting numbers. So then when, uh, you know, I, I decided to do Fat Tuesdays, my manager at the time was friends with the GM and the booker, talent booker at the comedy store, Scott Day was his name. And he had a conversation with him and said, hey, my client would like to, you know, do a room to showcase black comedians. And I, I guess it made it a little easier to do in a way because Eddie Griffin had attempted it as well before I did. Uh, and it didn't last long, but, but I think Eddie got too busy and blew up and, and couldn't probably do it anymore. So they saw the potential, you know, with that. And then when I came along, you know, it was basically like, okay, you get February, which probably was their black history. Um, <laughs> <laughs> love. Like we give you February. Right. Of course. History That's all... And cause all I had was February to make it work. I had, I had the month of February to make it work. And it gave me Tuesday nights, which is the worst night of the week for anything. Taco Tuesdays wasn't popular back then. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then they gave me the smallest room. Vanessa's is right; it's the belly room, but it holds like ninety people. Uh, but seventy because people were starting to get larger and taking up more than one seat. So it probably really was because about of Taco Tuesday. We, yeah, we'll say that because of Taco Tuesday. Exactly, Fat Tuesday, Fat Taco Tuesday. <laughs> so. So yeah, so that's how it really happened. So the conversation um, I personally didn't have, but once I got in there, then you know, Mitzi kind of like left me alone. As long as the bar was making money, it was fine. And there was a few fights and stuff that happened that Mitzi wasn't happy with. And I had to end up getting my own insurance for that night and and you know things like that. But other than that, she kind of stayed out of the way. Wow, I, I just find all of this so so fascinating i'm not sure if you are and you might be familiar with wayne fetterman he wrote a book on the history of comedy um of course there was another documentary series i think it was on hbo or showtime about the comedy store with mike by showtime. showtime and now this i i have spoken to so many comedians and 
But I am just fascinated by your world as a comic because it's so different even from the world of acting and film and television because what you do, I feel like, is a very special gift just to be able to get up there and Mm. make people laugh but then to create something like this um, and uh, to just really like change the landscape of comedy and as you said and we've said to finesse, you know, getting black comedy into the homes of people into the minds of people because I mean, you know, it's it's. I just find it interesting, you know, that it just was really not really a thing. But other than what you said, it kind of makes sense. Has the comedy store always been your home club? Is that where you got? Were you kind of a regular there, or did you do other places? Oh, I mean, the the, the, the it was. I was a regular there because of okay. Fat Tuesday. Uh, I I travel a lot. I do a lot of the improvs and Funny Bones and Levity Lives. You know, and and uh, comedy zones around the country. So my home club has really been the road, to be honest. That's why I perform the most, and and the comedy store is, I, I can call it my home club. But also, you know, I I work at the at the Improv as well, Hollywood Improv. I work at you know the Laugh Factory. But if because of Fat Tuesdays, I can I can definitely say you know, that's my home, and my home base because the show was anchored there. And I'm out of the three clubs because of Fat Tuesdays and doing it for ten years. I've done most. I've been on stage more there than anywhere else in Los Angeles. But around the country, uh, the the improv chains and the funny bone chains is where I kind of you know make my home. I love it. One last question here, uh, guy. As we wrap up this conversation, I'm very interested. Again, as I said earlier, the world of comedy comedians just absolutely fascinates me. What was it that appealed to you about becoming a comedian and a storyteller like what was it that drew you in and said hey this is what i want to do because it's just so different than what most people might be familiar with i was a college dropout and need to prove to my siblings that i'm not that's funny (laughs) that i can make i can make more money than them without a degree no i'm just joking that's horrible advice for kids i mean it's probably true it's very true i do but anyway but (laughs) But no, the thing about it was, it was, I've always liked attention growing sure. up, you know, no matter what it was, I just like attention. And I love cheering people up. I was always the guy that wanted to, if you're in a bad mood, I'm, I'm trying to cheer you up. I used to get in college, I used to get calls at two in the morning from girls, which I thought were booty calls, but they weren't. They had just broken up with their boyfriends and wanted me to make them laugh <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning. Go figure. So, you know, it was, I guess the combination of liking attention and loving cheering people up is a, a, a doing stand up comedy is the best is the best re, you know a recipe. I love it. Well, you've had such a long and iconic career, and really, this documentary again, I highly recommend people watch this that are watching and listening. And again, we'll link it in our show notes. It's Fat Tuesdays, available to stream now on Prime Video. Again, it delves into the history of your. Fat Tuesdays, the all-black comedy night at the Comedy Store in the 90s, uh, and really lets anybody and everybody in on just such a a period of time. The 90s was just so on fire with stand-up and and uh, just a crazy time. Lots of good memories, I'm sure. It's so, it's so crazy hearing <laughs> legend and icon attached to my name. It's, 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 it's so weird. I'm in I'm in New York right now. I stopped by the comedy cellar last night, and I see Michael Che and Chris Rock, and we have a conversation. They were both doing time on stage, and when I think icon and legendary, 
I think of, you know, <laughs> Chris Rock, Michael Che, sure. you know, Dave Chappelle, my brother, Cedric, and all those guys, DL. So it's weird hearing it attached to my name. and It's just weird. Yeah, but, but thank it's you. very I true. I mean, it. I'm sure it can probably be a polarizing term at some point. But I mean, honestly, like, you know, as they say, you have the receipts, my friend, like you have the proof of, <laughs> of, of really putting the grind in and enjoying the success. And as a side note, yes, college is cool, but I'm certain you probably make three or four times hand over fist. I have a bachelor's <laughs> degree and I have no doubt about that. So I can, it's funny, but true. Uh, everybody, please, again, this, this uh, Fat Tuesdays is, is now streaming on Prime Video. Please check it out. Guy Tori, thank you for your time, my friend. It's been a pleasure chatting. Thanks for having me. It was, it, it was definitely time well spent. Thank you. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.